3: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist.
3: I developed a sense of humor so that I could be the funny girl instead of the fat girl. Yeah. And when I tell you, it worked. I became class president all four years. Who does that? It wasn't because I was political or I had, you know, views on things and a policies. It's because I was like, vote for me or I'll fart on you. You know, whatever that is.
2: <laughs> hey, everybody. It's the incredible Kim Coles, um, actress, entrepreneur. Um, she truly represents how I grew up. Adulthood, that is. Kim Coles on this edition of Naked.
3: AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow.
5: or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Every champion and carry champions to be a champion A champion and carry champion and carry champion a champion, champion, champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest and sports and entertainment, can make it work. In the world, we vulnerable, considered weak. Come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite. It's the difference between what is real and what the public sees. So here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes. It's refreshing, authentic, the whole story, specific. Life altering events that shape the person that you hear. We Got a champion and carry champion, hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. Got a champion, champion and carry champion, hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion. Entertainment. Get naked.
2: Okay, if you guys are like me, you know, and by the way, aging myself, but you should still be watching these because I do believe these shows are still in syndication. Kim Coles is best known for being on that groundbreaking comedy series, Living Single. For me, it was My Friends, right? It was the black version of Friends, and it was amazing. Um, Kim has done so much, A Living Color. You guys remember A Living Color? Please tell me you do. Um, yeah, you do. We'll get into that on the show. Frasier, Six Feet Under. She's been on a lot of things that really truly defined, um, what I believe, this is why I'm fanning out, what I believe was a a moment in time for me as a young brown girl, uh, watching what representation looked like on television, um, watching what, uh, storylines, uh, we were given as brown people. And for me, when Living Single was on, like, no, no joke. It was just friends hanging out, being fun with professional careers that we all could achieve. And we were just chilling and enjoying ourselves and having a good time and trying to find love and do all the different things. So this Brooklyn-born actress and comedian um, is really special. Um, she is an entrepreneur now, and she'll get into that, which I absolutely love. And like I said, you've seen her on a lot of different um, television shows, but most notably for Living Single. But she's also going to be in the rebooted version of The Surreal Life. Remember The Surreal Life? Remember that show? Um, she talks about one of the contestants on the show, a guy by the name of Dennis Rodman. We get in my arena some, some basketball, if you will. And she said he's something. And that's all I'm going to say. He said... Or she said, rather, he is something. Sit back, relax, enjoy yourselves. This is going to be truly a story of uh, a really lovely woman who has been successful, has found love, talks about falling out and getting back up and really redefining herself for the person that she wants to be. Um, and it's special. Enjoy
4: this edition of Naked. Champion and Chappie, Chappie, and Champion.
2: I, I, I first off, let me ask you: How have you been this last this last year and a half? This pandemic, how have you been able to to push through?
3: You know, I I gotta tell you, it's actually been really good. And what I mean by that is, while I am aware of all the hot messery that's going on and all the fighting and all the I want to wear a mask, I don't want to wear a mask. I want the vax, I don't want the vax, and 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 all of the mayhem that it's caused, you know, financial stress and people not being able to work and people not being able to hug, you know, not being able to hug my mother has been really tough. Hmm. There's another side of it that has been good for me. It has caused me, okay, so couple of things. Number one, I'm secretly an introvert. Like I'm an, I'm an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert or something. So you tell me to stay home. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> I don't, I I'm oh, okay. Oh, oh, you don't want me out there. That's fine. <laughs> and so it's caused me to go within literally and figuratively and find uh, even more gifts and talents and abilities that, that by being out and being distracted by things, uh, uh, has caused me to not, not be aware of. So going within was, was good for me. It was also interesting in that I met, uh, the love of my life and (gasps) started to move in together just before the pandemic happened. So we had like a month of freedom and being out and it's like, oh no, we're living together. And now we're really together. And it, it, it caused us to really, uh, look at each other, build a partnership, build this really strong, amazing partnership. And So I look upon this time with great joy because I formed this incredible relationship with this incredible man. And if it hadn't worked out right well, well, then we would have, you know, one of us would have moved out in the middle of a pandemic, but it worked out to be really wonderful. And so I'm paying attention to all of the things and I'm also um, putting my blinders on for what. I'm being very focused on what I think is really important and it has caused uh, work, which we'll talk about some really great work. So no, I wasn't auditioning and going out to studio, but I've enriched other things I was already doing. Long answer to say it's been okay for me.
2: It's been okay. I felt like a lot of people, Black women especially, have had, I haven't, I've got a couple of girlfriends who have found love in the pandemic. Let's rub some of that juju off on me because I need a boo, Um, a good boo. I need a good boo. Like, let's be clear. Like, it's it's not like I'm not, I'm not having somebody rub my shoulders, if you know what I mean. But (laughs) I need a good boo. (laughs) Rubbing your shoulders and rubbing your soul. Yes, that's what I I need. Someone to do both. So for that, I am extremely happy. But I hear my girlfriends are thriving too career-wise. I feel like although the world is coming to an end. There's been so many different opportunities because we've been forced to find, diff- not even forced, but things are there. we got to be more creative. There's more work. There's more opportunity. And I have been a fan of yours for so long. Like your presence, whether you are aware of it or not, for so many young brown girls, sets the tone for what fun can be. Like growing up watching you, you had such a pleasant demeanor. You were always funny. You were always familiar. And that's very important To see familiar what looks like us. Were you aware of your impact, especially with Living Single? Were you aware of what it meant for young brown girls?
3: I was. uh, And and maybe not to to the degree now, because now, you know, the time the show has been, you know, Actually, has never left the air. Ever. So it got canceled, but never left the air. And so now you hear it more often. But in the midst of it, I was very aware that we were, we had created something that was really powerful. I knew it was going to work from the time we shot the pilot. I was like, oh no, this is going to work because the six of us really clicked very easily and very well and very early. Yeah. And so I was aware of the power of that. And as the show was airing and and people were coming up and saying what it meant to them. And I have to say, not only black folks enjoyed it, we began to see and I was really present to early on how they were saying it was a black show. But there were people who were not black who could resonate because it was the friendships, because it was the goofiness, because it was, you know, uh, women trying to figure things out. You know, a couple of guys who were very different, but they were still, you know, trying to figure out life and and living their life in a particular way and being a particular way with each other, which was loving and playful and all the things. And so how could it not resonate that our body types were so different? And even though the network may have said, oh, could you lose a few pounds or you're getting too much weight? I knew that there was not one that there was a brother out there that would go that body type right there. I'm good with that. (laughs) So all of those things are, are important. And, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite things is there's two, there's two things that happened on that show that to this moment. There's three things I'll tell you. So that gave me a chance to think about three of my favorite things that came out of that show is number one, mm-hmm. I have women coming up to me saying I became an attorney because of Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. Oh, like, I was watching her and said, that's what I want to do. So that's not even my character influencing. That's oh, yes. Erica Alexander doing what she did. I have met attorneys who said I became an attorney because she made it possible. The second one would be, well, I, can I mention four? You can the, mention as many as you want. <laughs> the next one would be T.C. Carson and his hair and oh. uh, and his Afrocentricness. And so here was this yes. brother who was on Wall Street or as a stockbroker or whatever he did. He had a high-powered job and he was unapologetically Africanistic. That's not a word. Oh, the right. way he wore his hair, the clothing that he wore. And so that made it possible for it showed that it was possible for other young black professionals to embrace their Africanness. So let's go there. Mm-hmm. The next one would be the love between Overton and Sinclair. That you know, you know that they were innocent and sweet, naive and goofy, and that that was fine and perfect. And and they spoke to each other in loving ways. That that's a possibility because the stereotypes would tell us that that doesn't exist. And the last one I'll say for now would be the friendship of the women um that we of course it's a sitcom so of course there were you know stories about things that that didn't work well mm-hmm. but the four of us did work well together we were all very different but we were all um you know striving towards something amazing and so yeah, I'm so long I give long answers.
2: No, Sorry. I please. This is god. This is amazing. <laughs> Usually I have to pull things out of people. <laughs> what and, and why you're and why you're saying all these different things. It reminds me of what I just felt. It was just normal. It didn't have to be any hood strife, any nonsense, any any typical storylines that were very stereotypical. It was just it was our friends. It was. This looks familiar. This is what it is. It was more common than not, and I think that's why it has such an affectionate place. And it's cultural. We talk about this all the time. Sometimes people don't realize, and you do, the culture and how it impacted the culture. for for Max, for people to come up to Eric and say, "I'm a, an attorney." I totally relate to that. Because it looked good. But people were, I remember when Boomerang came out, and people were like, I'm going into advertising. You're like, okay, because Eddie Murphy's character <laughs> was ahead of an advertising. Okay, do you know what that means? But for us, we need to see that because it's so rare that these images are just what people do at home, minding our business, doing whatever, and living our yeah. lives, and I'm it's an a show. I, and it's a show. I'm gonna run my own magazine. Oh, okay, I'm
3: gonna be mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Okay, you know, Queen Latifah's character was yes. an entrepreneur. Yes. She didn't work for anybody else. She worked for herself and had those struggles. And so does every other entrepreneur. It's just, it was really, it was, it was Man, a good time. It was, it, it, and, we, it, and you should know, we laughed every day. Like well, so while making this, we laughed to this day. There's an Epic text thread. That's just us. Mm-hmm. And it's checking in on births and deaths and marriages and divorces and, and mm-hmm. ups and downs. And, inside jokes that only we have and mm-hmm. it's it's glorious
2: and it's beautiful that needs to be a TV show that needs to be a remake of a TV okay. show thank you very much Th- that I those agree. text messages um <laughs> I want to talk about your background because it, it, oftentimes um, I have been told that comedians or those with that comedic talent that you have, have a have a tough time personally. You don't seem like that's the case at all with you. Why am I hearing so often from comedians themselves that it's usually dark, it's hard? I was listening to Maya Rudolph the other day talk about it. She goes, I think most, most homes of comedians and performers are, are quiet or are quiet people because we need to go in so we can go out.
3: Well, I think for most comedians, and I'll tell you how I'm the same and maybe different. Um, either they were quiet, or they came from very uh, traumatic backgrounds, and they had to flip it around. And just like the comedy and the tragedy mask, right? you know, that's the other side. And I think that most comedians either had to find their way, or they had to use humor to to overcome something. Uh, in my case, I had to. I used humor as a way to connect in the world. Number one, because I realized now after doing a lot of work that I was probably really, I thought differently. I think I was an introvert. I think I, I I know I am, I know now that I'm an empath. And so my way of dealing with the world was to laugh at it and to hope that the world wasn't laughing at me. Mm -hmm. I created ways for them to laugh with me. And for Mm -hmm. me specifically, um, Once I entered high school and I realized as a chubby girl, I ain't going to make it. It ain't going to work out good for me. I developed a sense of humor so that I could be the funny girl instead of the fat girl. And when I tell you it worked, I became class president all four years. Who does that? It wasn't because I was political or I had, you know, views on things and policies. It's because I was like, vote for me or I'll fart on you. You know, whatever that is. I was on the cheering squad. It's the thing that the fat girl, and especially back then, you know, this Mm -hmm. is before we had, you know, you know, body acceptance and all Mm -hmm. that. You were just fat, period. Um, uh, I I was on the cheering squad and my little skirt, you know, my skirt would hike up on my booty because my booty was bigger than the other girls, but oh, well. Mm -hmm. And so I found my way to acceptance and I realized that, oh, humor is a way to connect to people. And let me make you laugh with me instead of at me Mm. 1st And so that was my connection. But you'll, if you talk to co- comedians, there's always some point of view that they have of the world that came out of the world that they were in that they needed to shift in some way, shine a light on some way. And even if they weren't conscious about it, then that's, that's one of the ways that we, we, we wow. stand out. That's, special. and there's a lot of really tragic comedians, a lot of people who, a lot of comics that if you hung out with them behind the scenes, you go like, ooh, you're not, Really Happy at all, but they use this persona on stage to show their happiness, and that 's the case for some in my case, I chose not to yeah. make the world um, feel my pain instead help the world to feel a little bit of joy
2: it 's interesting because you know how empowering that is i look I have friends who 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 are legitimately struggling. Um with being quote unquote obese by society's terms, that, I'm using that word because I know it really puts them in a funk and it makes them feel not seen and it makes them feel not loved if they're you know the list goes on and on instead of saying, Let me take a power because it really is like like and and deflect in a good way, right because mm-hmm. the I don't how did you know in high school to figure that out That's such a trying time for women exactly. for teenagers, period
3: right well and and by the way i just want to say this what i'm thinking about then you have the contrast of someone like lizzo who is mm-hmm. a big fluffy girl and says i accept this and we go do you cuz i don't i don't i, don't, uh-uh, uh-uh, I accept it and it gives us all like well let me let me get it together mm-hmm. so you have that those contrasts now at my age at those times that that didn't exist you just were and i'm not saying you didn't have curly curvy girls who had confidence
2: but, but Lizzo couldn't be Lizzo if there weren't other women who were comfortable in performing. At some point. At some, time. At some sure. point. She, sure. had to, she had to see that it was possible and then, right. you know, and take oh, it up no. a notch, right?
3: Take it all the notch. <laughs> not- I love it. I love it. So I would say that I remember looking at the landscape and going, I got to fit in here. Like, this is this is not going to bode well. Mm-hmm. It could not, It may not bode well. Now, I'm going to also say this. The high school that I went to... I might not have had such a hard time because it was a specialized high school. You had to take a test to get in. I was too scared to take the take the audition to get into the fame high school. So remember the the fame school. And at the time, I think they called it music and art or the high school for the performing arts. It may have changed names now. And so I went down there to audition because I felt like I wanted to be a performer of some kind. And I went and stood in line and all of those kids seemed to me to already be professional. They were singing and dancing and warming up their chops in the hallway and (laughs) stretching. And I was like, I don't belong here. I'm not ready. And so I took a test. Uh, to get into a high school called Brooklyn Technical High School, which is a, a, a scholastic, like you needed this to get in. I love saying to this day, I have no idea how I got in, but because this was a place that was not a private school by any stretch of the imagination, but this was a school full of nerds and really smart kids and you know, kids with pocket protectors. So I might not have been teased for being chubby because they were used to being teased for being brainiacs. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I just told myself, I'm not going to fare, fare well here. So let me figure something out, a way to stand out. And I just remember looking at the landscape because you go, that's the pretty girl. That's the jock. That's the one who's, you know, whatever, all those things. I was like, I, oh, my God, I'm the fat girl. What am I going to do about that? So I really did look at this landscape and go, I'm going to choose the narrative myself. Mm. And not knowing that I was building skills and gifts and tools that I would use later on. It hmm. was really a way to escape uh a uh, a uh, what I thought would be my experience. Now, again, mm-hmm. who's to know if that would have happened, especially the school that I went to and the friends. that Like these were kids that were a little bit more sophisticated, I think, because mm-hmm. they were busy being brainiacs. That they didn't have time for the social skills per se. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just looked at the landscape and decided what I wanted, what I wanted. And who knew that that would also be like the way we manifest now. I just, I'm going to look here and decide what I want. I want that. Let me go, go get it. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I just did it. I, not I, knowing there was something unfolding for me that I couldn't have. Uh, and, and and not like I pursued comedy after high school. I pursued
2: dropping in and out of college 18 times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. What I want to Wait a say. second. Wait a second. was that is that a true story? You dropped in and out of college? Oh, I,
3: dropped, I would say four times.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I,
3: oh, in and out. Four times. In and out. I was like, here? No. Here, no. Here, uh, yeah. I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology. I went to North Carolina Central University. I went to Brooklyn College for a minute. I went to City College for a minute. I just dropped because I, for a moment, I was going to be an anthropologist. I, I, I didn't. And it's okay not to know what you want uh, because maybe if you're looking, it will find you. And that's what happened for me. Um, I entered into. A beauty pageant for plus size women. So by this time in the eighties, like being plus size became a thing, like we're gonna accept ourselves. So I was modeling, you know, church basement fashion shows. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You don't so have to add that part. You was modeling. You was modeling. Oh, go head. ahead. Meanwhile, most of the time <laughs> wearing your own clothing. You're like <laughs> let's go do a fashion
3: show. A fashion show <laughs> with no fashion. Right? <laughs>
2: And I was kind of folks crazy. love a good church fashion show. Uh, yeah, or the best entertainment. Or, or a good hair show. Like they all we always doing some kind of show. Go on. Some <laughs> kind of promenade <laughs> of some kind. Oh
3: my god. And so what happened for me was this is back in the days when you had a commentator okay. for your fashion show. <laughs> Look at Carrie Champion walk, girl walk. Oh, you better walk, <laughs> this <with> That right? <laughs> you were, oh, oh oh you doing it, girl in that red, doing it in that red jumpsuit, <laughs> whatever. Like, so one time the commentator <laughs> was late, and this is before cell phone. We didn't know where she was, and the designer, and you know, I'm I'm not saying designer or commentator. I'm Go, saying I, the commentator because we're in Brooklyn, designer, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> they were late, we had no way to find out if she was coming. And the designer said, "You funny, Kim. Go out there and entertain till we till she shows up." And I was like, oh, "Okay." So I put on my first outfit okay. <laughs> and went, you know, told the joke. You know, made funny routines. At the time, I had some silly routines. I'll tell you what my first routine was. It was a oh my god, I'll start to cry. It was a a a, a med maybe I shouldn't call it medley. What do you call it uh, when it's okay? So remember the first series, Roots, the one with Kunte mm-hmm. Kunte, you know, with LaVar uh-huh. and, you know, uh, everyone. Yeah. Um, at the end of the week, I had uh, created a, a montage. I mean, that's not even the right word. Uh, a m- montage of every episode. So I could, in about 60 seconds, do an imitation of the entire series of Roots from, behold, the only thing greater than yourself. Boom! Wow. chicken george you ain't go you know like that but we drives out of here we ain't gonna think of it again. <laughs> like maybe 90 seconds of roots
2: and so that was my routine No, Yo, you just I came up with it. that out of nowhere well i want because i you know she says you know, go I- entertain and you're like i can do roots
3: because I had been doing it in high school. So it was on oh, while I was in high school and it was okay. the biggest thing. Like, oh my goodness, we were finally hearing our story, right? And so every night I just remembered the highlights of all the episodes. And by the end, I had this whole routine and I say 90 seconds, it might've been three minutes. I don't even know of all the things that had happened. So I had my routine. I went out and performed. They laughed. The commentator showed up and I never got booked as a model again. they like hire her as a comedian. In addition to that, I entered into a beauty pageant for plus size women and the, the talent competition I, stumped me. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was like, oh, I know I'll do a comedy routine. And I did. And I won first runner up. And from that moment on, I was like, I see and feel the love that I'm getting from an audience. This is what I should be doing. What so i'm saying that just, sometimes what you're meant to do finds you I absolutely
2: you. it always does whether you absolutely and when you do it it does it's not work it's what you're called it's your calling it's what you've been right. doing you uh, so then to me the obvious thought would be i'm just listening to you tell this story why like immediately i'll be an actress was that the uh, next thought
3: no it was i'll be a comedian
2: That's um, because i wanted I mean, to after be, you after you knew you were a comedian and you can do that where you're like i might as well act
3: yeah, but I didn't. I don't think I thought it through. I just took the next step and the next step and the next step. It was really let me go do stand up. Oh. And I wanted to be a comedic actress, meaning I wanted to be Carol Burnett. Mm. And by the time I figured out who Whoopi Goldberg was, I was like, okay, I think I want to do that. And so it became I, I'm going to use comedy and oh, there's this acting piece of it. But truthfully, I didn't think I was going to become an actor on Broadway, you know, like. <laughs> You know, you know, and maybe, listen, I'd like that to happen one day. Let me speak that into existence. Hey. But I thought, I want to be a funny girl who gets to be funny. And then when In Living Color came along, it was the perfect um, marriage of everything because Keenan went looking for comedians who could do characters and I could do that. And so it was, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to become an actress. It was like, I'm just going to be a funny girl and do my thing. And so that's how the acting piece came in into place. Cause I was doing my version of, of, you know, every sketch I got to do, I got to be a different, different character. And so I wasn't preparing to be a thespian on the stage. Yes. I actually didn't do theater or as black folks say theater uh-huh. until <laughs> much, much, much later in my career. So, you know, that was my, my way in.
2: So, Looking back, wow, wow, wow. What a great, what a great trajectory. When I hear stories like this, it's always so encouraging because it was just meant to be. Like you were you were meant to be for for, for what you are doing. I always yeah. tell people, you say your career can find you, but it was meant to be. There was nothing else set for Kim Coles, but this. When you think about all the television roles that you've had, the acting roles, the, the, the roles in which you were like, I'm going to go audition for this. Is there one that stands out outside of In Living Color? Is there one that says to, I mean, Living single. <laughs> is there other one? You said Keenan that threw me off. Um, is there one? Is there one that stands out to you that you're like that? Is it? I would love to do more of that.
3: You know, I, I haven't done as much drama, um, and and partially because I, I've been afraid of it. Mm. Like uh Give me the comedy. And people say that comedy is so much harder. It's like, man, nah, not me. Uh, I haven't done as much drama as I'd like to. And and so here's what happened um, in the middle of the pandemic. I get a call from my agent going, Robin Givens wants to talk to you. And I'm like, uh, does she know I imitated her on In Living Color? She does, which I yeah. found out later. Okay, Apparently, She's probably used to it. <laughs> right, right. Especially, you know, she was just really... Really not treated very well during her her yeah. time right after Mr. Tyson and, I, and yeah. now I've gotten to know her. Um, but anyway, um, she. I like out that you called me. him Mr. Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to call him. I don't want to incur his wrath.
2: Like, you write about that. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> I could tell a story. There's a story I've never told. I I don't think I've ever told publicly. Um, uh, I was opening for Luther Vandross, uh, after in living color, after I left in living color and Mike Tyson came to the concert and we were all, you know, the, 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 the crew and, you know, the band and everybody was in the parking lot, getting ready to, um, get on the bus and go to the next place. And Mike Tyson and one of his friends came up and said, Hey, you know, I'm having a party at my hotel room. You know, you, you want to come to my party? I was like, no, 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 no. I got to get on, see that bus right there. I got to get on the bus. <laughs> no, no, sir, I will not be attending a party with you. No, 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 no. Can not. I
2: say something in this, this bit and, and no, by no means could I even compare. I, I'm still trying to figure, and I wish that I could say I have, uh, will have an illustrious career such as yours, but there are those moments now, where we have said, no, we have said no. And we have, th- we had said, God bless. I said, no, like I, I oh, am not, amazing. aren't you happy? You're like, what Can a smart you, decision. And we could talk about that.
3: You know, and I'll tell you what I did with Robin Givens in a minute. But I'll say this, and this is one of the one of the things I one of the pieces of advice I give to people all the time. If you're asking, go your yeses, your noes can be just as powerful as your yeses. Absolutely. And, and let your noes be noes and your yeses be yeses. There are things I said yes to. And I'm like why did I say yes to that? Oh, I needed a check. And if I needed a check, then it was never the thing I should be doing. And there are things I said no to, that I'm so grateful I said no to, because I let space for something else to come through. I'm going to let that one go ahead and pass me through because something else is coming up. There's, There's a movie that I will not mention what it is because there are people who said yes to it. My agent sent me the script and I was like, I cannot do this. Mo- no, 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 thank you. It was an ensemble piece. It's funny. It's beloved in the African-American community. And for me, I was like, uh, yeah. I- I'm gonna let this one go. Yeah. And there are people who did it and did it, did it well. It just wasn't my energy to be in, to be in that. And so, and, and I had to educate them on why this was not something that I could do Mm -hmm. and they understood. And then they never sent me anything like that ever again. And I was grateful. So let your nose be no, and you have to trust, uh, trust what you're building and trust that something else will come through. That will be the perfect thing for you. And I can tell you without fail, if I go back and look at the nose, some other yes came through. That was like just right for me.
2: That's so beautiful. So that's encouraging because when I say no, I feel like, damn, did I mess that up? But you're right. If it's really just yeah. about the money, whether I need the check or not, I don't need to do it. Like if it's just about the money, I should just say that's not really so. Well, but but and they're to see the money and I took. Oh, the well, money, I, but I, but I was it. gonna say, but there are some things where you are just like, well, I ain't gonna say no to that. That's that's stupid. Like that's <laughs> stupid money. I'm, I I can't say no to that. That's silly. You know, it's not really gonna affect the big plan. Plan. Don't go anywhere. We have to pay the bills. You know how this works. Your girl has. To get paid. So when we come back, actress, comedian, game show hosts, all of the above, entree Pay entrepreneur, Kim Cols back in a moment.
4: Every champion and carry champion to be a champion, I'm a champion and carry champion and carry champion I'm a champion and carry champion and carry champion Raers Raiders sports and entertainment connected world
3: AT&ampT connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream.
5: or wherever you get your
4: podcasts.
2: Welcome back. We're giving out government names. Kim LaShonda Coles on Naked. She's got more to share, so listen up. Back to drama. So you uh, original yes. cast member of Living Color and Living Color. You also, obviously, we I'm, I've been talking about a living, a living single, but you're saying you wanted to do more drama and mm-hmm. and and Robin came to you and said,
3: I well, have a movie. I want to give you this role. Oh, uh, what?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I've been watching you. I know that you can do this. I was like, I don't have to audition. No, I know that you can do this now. Do I get to be humorous in the movie? I do. It's coming out, uh, I think for Christmas, I think it's called the Jenkins family Christmas or something. I I don't know. But, you know, to get to work with Regina Taylor, I mean, who is a drama, not a drama queen, but she does drama.
2: Mm
3: And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. And she said, no, I know you can do this. And there were moments actually the last night, the last shot of the night. I don't know why Robin waited for the last moment for me to have my big, you know, Intense scene about my father passing away and how I felt about it. I was like, man. And she got in my face. You could do this. You could do this. I'm like, get out of my face, lady. You know, she got this big. <laughs> and she was like, it shows you for this moment get in there and do it. I was like, yes, Robin Givens. And I'm so grateful to her for saying yes to me without me even knowing that I could do this. I feel that I got to tr- stretch my wings and she was there holding my hand, even as she was in my face. And because it was something I did, she stopped all the cameras. Stop it. Come here. Come here. Yes, Robin Givens. It was so wonderful. And she believed in me as a director and said, no, you got this just do it like this. And I don't care if we have to do it line by line. I, I was like, it's already six o'clock in the morning. Says, I don't care. We'll go into overtime. We were already in
2: overtime. Wait, You're like, don't even matter. So, so did were you, this. were you nervous like, as you were doing the nervous. scene?
3: Because as a comedian, I can, um, it's a comfortable cloak that I can put on. Yeah. I know you say, make this funny. It may not be the way you would do it, but I mm-hmm. know how to take something and turn it and make it funny, and I'm comfortable in that realm. Drama is something that uh, I, I I never really took classes. I took a couple of classes, but I didn't I didn't like the, the the teacher. I didn't like what where he was going. I didn't like that he was infusing his drama on us. I was like, I, I don't want to hear your problems. I just want to learn how to say these words in a way that sounds effective. And so I didn't really I haven't really stretched that muscle. And Robin gives Givens and I've had a few other opportunities over the years. But this was, you know, I was number two on a call sheet and my actors in the room will know what that is like to be number two. That's a big deal. You're right up there. You're right at the top. Right at the top. And yeah. I've never been that in, on a movie and certainly not in a dramatic. experience. So, did, did that mean you got to
2: boss people around?
3: No, I never no. do. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. I, just, okay. <laughs> I just do the way you want me to be.
2: No. And that's the other thing I've
3: learned too. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the yeses and the nose, And the other thing is that when you, when you reach a certain position of power or perceived power or you're number one or number two on the call sheet, that is the time to be even kinder to, yes. be, more, to be nicer and to be less demanding. Like yeah. they're going to feed you. They're going to take care of you. You're not going to be cold. Like you just ask for what you want, but without going, I want to get my so and so. It's just, it's, it's, you're right. It's not necessary to be that way. And I've worked with people who are, you know, so called divas or difficult, and it just makes everyone tense. Like you get what you want, ma'am or sir, but you've made everybody around you tense. The truth is, we're all here to do the same thing. And the PA (coughs) who's getting your coffee, from my perspective, is just important to this production as. Hate don't tell directors I said this, but just as important as for the flow of the production. Yes, as the so no, I I I, I get it. Really... The higher I ride, the kinder I get.
2: So. By the way, I, and and I have noticed, and this doesn't go for everybody, but people oh people live by that, like what you're saying. People live by that because I. I don't, and our world is different. Television, live TV is different. Being a journalist is different. But we did do a production where my 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 co-host, Jamel Hill, and I were at the top of the call sheet. And I remember we would go out of our way to be kind because if, in fact, we did have a bad, you're right. If we had a bad day or if I had a bad day, everyone felt it. And it was a trickle-down syndrome and people were nervous. And I don't want that energy. However, how do you handle, because this is some career advice you can give me and for those who, who don't, who really, because- don't get it. What about the, if you ever found yourself on, on set and the, the showrunner, if you will, um, whoever the, the, the director, maybe in your case is battling you and making you uncomfortable. How do you handle that? Like, like purposely you're at the top of the call sheet or you're at the number two on the call sheet and not, and I'm not using Robin as an example, but I'm just saying, and someone's just giving you a hard time because they want to show that they are actually in charge. How do you handle that because that to me could lead to a tense environment as well.
3: Yeah, you have those people who have ego, mm-hmm. right? So by the way, Robin's getting in my face was not ego. It was Oh like- no, she
2: was trying to encourage you.
3: No, she was like you got this and I'm going to make yes. it, I'm going to
2: pull this out of you
3: and you I promise you this is why I chose you. So I just want to yes. make sure I made that distinction. Yes. Um there are, you know, egos and lots of egos and i've I run into that here and there, and I've learned now to go um to have some sort of compassion for them because your need to flex means somewhere in your life you felt that you needed to flex and you've decided this is the place you're going to do. i t- let, let, let let everybody know I'm in charge of this mama jamma. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh you you want to work that hard? we're all in in this together, and so. You come across those personalities and you, um, I, I, I'm I'm not one to, I, this is not a good answer, but I'm not one to fight it. If you need that position so bad, then I'm going to bend. I'm going to bend with it. I'm going to choose my battles. I, you know, I've been in that position when they go, just read the lines as written. Mm. Okay. You're Got missing it. the magic that I want to bring to this but if you want me to read it as written, then done. Like, you know, I, I'll at some point just like, okay, you're missing the magic. Then you want it so bad your way, then let me give it to your way. Let me play. Can, may I play? And sometimes I think to ask those people permission and go like, I just want to play a little bit or uh, give me some some wiggle room here. And Either they will or they won't. And I'm I'm sort of known to be a, a sweetheart with people. I know how to you know, be sweet and, and, and get what I want in the end. And in the end, what we want is a, is a project that, that works beautifully. Um, and I just stay out of the, the, the way of the people with the giant, giant egos. That's just, a
2: beautiful yeah. answer. Like I'll, I'll, I'll bend. If that's what you need, you got it. You know what I mean? Cause if, yeah, if it's, I'm it's, not going
3: to fight. I'm not going to fight that hard. Too stressful. I'm going to pick my battles. And there've been times when I've had like, no, I really believe in, and and you know, in the end, um, I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And (laughs) and, okay,
2: I am a fighter. But that was a lesson for me because I'm like, uh, okay, I you know, it's always better to stand down when you already know what it is. It's like, all right, you got it. Right, I don't don't need this stress.
3: And maybe there've been times when I should have should have fought more. I think who I am today would have maybe pushed back a little bit more in some of those other situations. But there's I, I don't need it. I I know this is temporary. I know this is not gonna last forever. And I know I'm going home to friends and family and maybe a boyfriend or an husband or an ex-husband who loves me, you
2: know, depending on where we were, who, <laughs> me, who I don't have to fight with. Hey, oh, wait, well, let's make that transition. Wait, time out before we make that transition. I'm looking at some of the shows you've been on some, some I mean, some amazing shows, obviously Frasier, Dr. Mary Thomas, Six Feet Under, um, the Gina Davis show. That was a while ago. Was that, so these are all, Six Feet Under, that was life-changing television.
3: It was great television. Now, I'll tell you one of my <laughs> right iconic right one of my favorite opportunities was working with Kelsey Grammer on mm. Frasier and i got a chance to Is it
2: true that he has a crush on a lot of black girls?
3: I think he enjoys black women. I think he, <laughs> I think he enjoys um you know he we talked about um you know cuz he was at the helm of um Oh, my God. Was the show? Uh, with uh, uh, Tracy yeah, Ellis. Yeah, um, girlfriend. Was it Girlfriends? Yeah. Was that was, that yeah, girlfriend. Yeah,
2: that yeah, exactly. Show. I forgot I the name. Yeah, Girlfriend.
3: Yeah. And we talked a little bit about that. He says, <clears throat> you know, he said, Joan is Frasier. And I was like, she is? Mm-hmm. And he talked about, you know, the differences and the, and the, and the, so I just think he, I think he loves people. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think he's afraid of women or is uncomfortable around women. He was warm and Delicious every morning. Like, it's just a sweetie pie. I mean, not at all rude or he didn't come on to me or anything, but just kind. Here's an example of somebody who's at the top of the food chain, and I watched him be kind to everyone. I love that. um, and you know, they moved that show moved like this. It moved quickly because they knew each other, they knew, you know, their strengths and weaknesses and it reminded me of living single. Like we got each other's strengths really quickly. I knew that I could throw the ball and somebody would catch it and throw it. it. It was just and so that mm-hmm. was a really beautiful thing to watch. Yeah.
2: I, I love I love that. And I and, and I, you know, us little brown girls, when somebody's paid gives us a little extra love. We're like, We cute, we A. Hey, somebody know it. Yeah, we <laughs> happy. We know, we did <laughs> it. <laughs> He
3: shared his breakfast with me every morning. Would you like some of my turkey patty, Kim? Yes, I would. (laughs) And talk about somebody who had a very tragic childhood and young. Like, I think he witnessed his father kill his mother. Mm -hmm. And there was lots of pain in his family. But when he came, when those two episodes I did with him, you didn't see any of that. Mm. Terror, saw love, and let's play. Oh, I like the way you said that. Come on, do that again. That was great. It was it was fantastic.
2: I love that in the encouraging and giving you that privilege and freedom to do what you want to do. I love that. That's a great. That's a great. No, Kelsey, shout out. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. So you said early at the top of the uh, the uh, podcast, you said you found the love of your life, and y'all only were outside for a month, one <laughs> month, and then you moved in, and you was like, most people break up. Y'all was like, we stand. How, tell me, give, give all the young ladies, the career gals, some hope and some love and some inspiration. How, how you find without getting, give me all your business or give it all to me. How you find the love of your life a month before the pandemic? I love it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You're delightful. So we actually started working together. He was my brand manager, business manager. I hired his team to help me uh, with my branding in this other world that I'm in, which I'll tell you about, um. And I just liked him. I developed this crush on him. We would meet on Zoom. And meanwhile, he lives in Los Angeles and I live in Los Angeles, but who who wants to beat traffic? You just meet over Zoom. Right. And I just found myself developing this crush. I just uh, broken up with my husband. I was gone through a divorce. And I just was like, I'm ready to be single and mingle. And just something about him was he's super smart, super funny, uh, super kind. And we developed a friendship. And then we started traveling together because he wanted to come on the road with me to see what it's like to um, because I'm a speaker also. So I would go and speak and then sell my workshops or books or products at the back of the room, as we like to say. He says, let me just see what your systems are so that I can set up some new systems and find hire someone to go on the road with you. And he started going on the road with me, and it was so pleasant. I was like, "Please don't come off the road." And he said, "Well, this is not going to always be the case. I can't always take time out of my business to do this, but okay." And it just it just happened. You just friendship, 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 friendship. I have a crush on you. <laughs> and I, he told he's told me a thousand times that I had a strict policy of not even. I don't ever date any of my clients. And he didn't, he says, I didn't see you as a girl. And one time I showed up to one of the meetings with my hair wrapped up in a wrap and, you know, I don't, probably had cold in my eye. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I wasn't ready for the meeting. He says, oh, please, you're my sister. And I was like, sister. (laughs) So here's what happened. I said to myself, if I step into this sister role with this man, I'll keep him forever. Any man that I am brother and sister like with, we, our relationships last for forever. If somehow that crosses over and he becomes a boyfriend or a husband, it could go terribly wrong. So I tried to be his sister. I was like, yay, brother. How about you? It never quite felt right. And so one time we had a gig in in Atlanta and I, I, I looked really cute this time. Okay. Really- okay. 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 What was you wearing? How was your hair? What would you do? A red jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. A red jumpsuit, and it was it was called the Bronze Lens. uh, It's a festival, the Bronze Lens. uh, Do you know about the Bronze Lens festival? I do not. It's really beautiful. It's a celebration of us Mm -hmm. and film and film made by us and Uh entertainment. And and, you know, they honor different people. And you Uh go one year, and Lynn, you'll be sitting next to Lynn Whitfield, or you know, you know, MC Light, or you know, it's just really. I love it. I was the host. I wore a red jumpsuit with power red. Power red. <laughs> and, you know, like all kinds of spanks. And I had, and had bronzed up my shoulders because it was the, oh, yeah, all kinds of spanks Because, I mean, and, and then you have to pee. So it's like, you know.
2: Oh, that's dehydrate, hour.
3: Yourself. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> dehydrate yourself. So I lost a couple of pounds by not drinking any water. And, you know, this red jumpsuit and lots of bronze because it's the bronze And I had golden, made my shoulders bronze. Mm-hmm. And he said to me later on, he says, "I first time I noticed that you were a girl. He was like, okay, okay. Get that out. Get, 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 it out, get it out. And still the friendship was growing. The business was growing. And finally um, I told him I had a crush on him. I just had to get it out. Oh. And he said to me, oh, okay. That's nice. Thank you. I was like, oh. But he didn't crush me. He just said, well, thank you. I'm so, uh, I'm so flattered. Thank you so much. He's since told me that he went back to his room and he was like, Oh my gosh, she has a crush on me. I think I like her too. What am I going to do? What am we going to do? And we had a conversation about it. And he says, I think I would like to date you, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to date. And, and, and I really let him take the lead. I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, that makes me any less feminist or strong. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, but yeah, come on. Yeah. Right. But it made me realize here was somebody who cared for me enough and cared about our friendship <laughs> enough to go, we're not going to move fast. We're just going to date. We're not going to even kiss. I was like, okay, okay. I just want to be around you. I don't care how it goes down. And we spent several months like in this place of just dating and 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 and, and no and, kissing until he
2: did. Wait a second. Like, so you guys dated for several months, no kissing, no hand holding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe a couple of months, maybe a month. Okay. maybe a
3: month of no kissing. Okay, and we you know here's you'll like this. We did that conversation that kids have about. First base, second base, third base, and home, right? So Mm. I guess first base is holding hands and kissing or Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Second base is rub a dub dubbing. And third base is, I don't know, rub a dub dubbing with no panties on. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. know. I'm I'm, I'm too old to remember all the bases. And home base is, you know, full on sexual contact. I can't believe I'm telling this story. So there was one night where. He asked me if he could kiss me, and this is a girl, you know, I'm. You we're twelve years difference, so you know. I'm, you know, whatever. He's twelve yeah. years younger than me.
2: Okay, go, no! night- hey, I like him young too. Go, hey, it, it, it's helpful. <laughs> it's helpful. Oh, you ain't got to tell Just me. Older men are in their ways.
3: Yes, and I, the joke, yes. You know, the joke always says, "I don't have time to crush up your Viagra." Yeah, I mean, give me yeah. A
2: and I want to do it with I, your bitterness. Be- yeah, go ahead.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you have to discuss things like, you know, uh, how do you like
2: your Chateaubriand? You know, whatever. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want yeah. like, uh, I I don't to know. know anything about your Cavassier. No, I don't know. Go ahead. Keep your crown. That could be any age, but go ahead. That could be any age. <laughs> <laughs> and that little bag that they say. Which yeah, is- yeah. why is this bag still here? It's <laughs> empty purple velvet bag Why does it put things in it? You put
3: things in and you, it. Right? Well, okay. okay <laughs> you know, they always store things in it? I think you store things in it. I, I guess it, you know it comes in handy. And <laughs> a man that has too many empty crown bags and we're really not gonna get along. But you know it, it comes they keep the bag. They do. Why? Why? What are you gonna put in the bag? Oh I think I knew a guy that kept something I don't know he kept his <laughs> keys or something in the bag. Because <laughs> not- it's a quality bag, no doubt. Oh, the crown bag is, it's velvet. It's quality. <laughs> EJ had no crown bags. <laughs> Thank God. Um, oh my goodness. Anyway, so, <laughs> this night he asked if he could kiss me. We came home from a date. He asked me if he could kiss me. And I said, sure. And we had this beautiful, sweet kiss. And he, he's going to tease me for telling. He yelled the words first base and then ran into the night. Uh, <laughs> oh, the how do with me oh, and went first base and ran and got How jumped in his car. How cute bar. is he? It was cute or was I, should I have been concerned? Cause I was like, I oh, this is- <laughs> I was a cause he's so smart. He's so aware and he's got, he's got his doctorate mm-hmm. in business. He's so, okay. and I thought, oh, this guy is a little, oh, that's why he was moving slow. Cause maybe he's okay. a little stilted in his sexual growth. First base. Good night. The, oh, do you put him on the spectrum? You thought he might've. I didn't know what he, I didn't know in that moment. Oh, you were like, perhaps. Oh, cause who does that? And we've laughed oh. about it. He says, I just, oh. it, it was a joke. Cause he was letting, letting me know first base. Oh. I didn't know spectrum he was on. Cause everything else was all in place. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's sexually repressed. <laughs>
2: We're going to have oh, a arrested uh, development. I see.
3: Right, right, right. And of course, that was turns out not so not to be the case. Mm. But it was a joke that he was like, I just wanted to respect your respect our friendship. I wanted to respect our work. And we worked it out and discussed it. And here's what's what's cool. He is the most amazing partner. We formed a partnership first. Mm-hmm. It's the thing I've always wanted. And what I would say to anyone who's looking to date. Is to be really clear about what you really, 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 really want and need. <clears throat> so I could say, you know, back in the day, we were like, I want to date somebody who don't still wear sneakers.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And,
3: you know, or you know, so what if he's an NBA player? And that's what he wear. He wears sneakers all the time. Whatever. Yeah. It's to be careful and be careful in choosing what qualities you want your mate right. to have. Right. And after my last marriage, I realized that <clears> what I really <throat> wanted was partnership. My parents had partnership for 17 years before they got divorced. And I was like, that's it, universe, bring me partnership. Mm -hmm. And that's what I got. And so we actually um, work together. He works on my brand. We've built uh, products together and it works beautifully. And here we were thrust together during this pandemic. And because he's mature in, um, he's, you know, done the spiritual work. He's mm-hmm. done and,
2: and continues to do. He's on this the, that's path. the key. They gotta do the work. They gotta do the work. If they don't want to do the work, you can't meet me. I'm already beyond you. Oh, okay. And I'm willing to do the work too. Hey, yes. And I'm doing, I'm willing to do the work.
3: And and it's the reason why he even says this to me. I'm so grateful for all the things you are and all the things you aren't. Um, I chose not to be bitter. Mm-hmm. I chose not to hold on to everybody bad or not so good relationship. And I learned something from every one of them. I look at myself in the mirror all the time and go, what could I have done differently? How does this, what's my shadow side of this situation? And because I was willing to examine myself, he was like, we can do this. And so that's
2: it. I love Um, it. I love, well, first of all, I thought it was romantic that he yelled first base and ran off. I would have fell out laughing and and been like, I'm in love right now. That would have been my I, reaction. I was, I
3: was like, ah, where'd you go? But I he mean, ran away so fast, and it was almost a little like, oh, this is weird. You, you just. But- uh. But now I understand that that was his way of saying, we made it to first base, girlfriend. As Anything long as
2: he did not have a purple velvet bag. He didn't pull up. <laughs> That's all that matters. I, you won. You have won, Kim. You have won. You um, won. <laughs> I, I, so you've mentioned your business. Tell me about this business. And I also want to yeah. talk about the the surreal life, this new. Oh, yes. My goodness. Yeah. Yes. yes.
3: So um, I. what I was going to say at the beginning of this, when we started talking, is that you have to learn Uh, and what I did during the pandemic was to pivot on purpose, on purpose, pivot on purpose. And I began pivoting back when, you know, living single ended when work became more sporadic. I was like, what other gifts and talents do I have that I can put forth in the world where I don't have to wait for Hollywood to call me. I hope that Hollywood continues to call, but if they don't, I'm okay (laughs) because I'm using my gifts and talents in other way, other ways. And so I'm a speaker, I'm a coach. And what's interesting is I've got two, several programs, I should say, but two memberships. And one is called, wait for it community mastermind get it Community, unity k-i-m-u-n-i-t-y, mm-hmm. K-I-M-U-N-I-T-Y. Mm-hmm. and I have something else called which in community mastermind is for my entrepreneurs my wantrepreneurs uh, my people who are building their businesses from the from from the ground up or learning to scale their businesses and so EJ Dr. EJ and I uh, coach them and meet with them weekly to get and keep their businesses on track mm-hmm. and on this other side I've got something called wait for it the radiant community get it hey. <laughs> community. <laughs> I'm so silly in which we spend a year stepping into our radiance you know joy and okay. vitality hey. self care and spirituality and I create you know I'm curating this this group who, who wants to radiate joy in the world and wants to radiate positivity and excellence in the world. And so you could call me, um, a coach, you can yeah. call me an, you know, internet marketer. And I say that to say
2: that I don't need Holly. I got zoom, yeah. you, know, you know, to, but be that's, to that's beautiful. People. Cause you've been able to have these two separate lives and they don't intersect in a way that one can't respect you for the other. That's beautiful. That's beautiful.
3: And, sometimes when Kim Cole's, um, you know, opens the door and then people go, what is she working on now? And it's in alignment with who I've always been. Mm -hmm. And so I'm building what I call my Kimpire and my Kimpire of, you know, books and coaching and programs. I also help business owners to tell their story in a in a powerful, captivating way, who better than an actress to help you tell your stories in a way that pulls people in. So you're not just saying buy my bundles or, yeah. you know, get my so-and-so it's like, no, tell me the story of how you developed the so-and-so. And then I'm happy to, to order one from you. And so we, we, uh, we work on that together too. So that makes me happy. So uh-huh. I've got this whole uh-huh. other world going. I love it. that. Sometimes it's so funny. I have an audition tomorrow. I'm like, let me check my schedule
2: and see if I can fit that
3: audition in. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'm that side gig, acting, three, yeah. side gig of acting.
3: Yeah. become a side
2: hustle. Oh yeah. The and side hustle. that I get to
3: do it all. And someone told me that I wouldn't be able to do it all. And I was like, just
2: watch. watch. Me. Don't watch. tell me, don't tell me what I can't. You
3: can do it too. You can have be multi-passionate. And as I call, you know, spin all the plates. Remember those old, old variety shows where they had the guy who yeah. would spin one. Sure. And you know, spin the next and spin the next. And he had to come and spin the next one. So I'm spinning my plates and serving up deliciousness to all,
2: and we need it. You have, uh, I see. It said July. I don't know if it already happened or you filmed already. What? Tell me about the reboot. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, the re oh, well, the reboot of the surreal life. Yes, is coming any minute now. It's it's, it's like it, come on, folks. We shot for two and a half weeks in Mexico City. Okay, let me tell you who was there. Get ready. I I get uh, okay. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Oh who is weird and wonderful and unapologetic for it. It's actually really courageous in a way. Like he's super weird and super un... Uh, Self conscious about it. You, you. It's his world, and we all live in it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why he, mm-hmm. like, He's like, I'm not going to change who I am. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. And so you, you know, you, the, the first time I said, you know, Dennis, do you mind smoking your cigar outside? He was like, okay. And then he never went back outside to smoke a cigar again. Like he was like, I was like, I was like we're just going to have to put on some air purified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> uh, we had Tamar Braxton. Mm. We had Stormy Daniels.
2: Mm. That's interesting. What we find out about Stormy? Did she talk about the old press? The, about the what? The old press. Did Stormy talk? Oh,
3: about- yes, she did. She did. Too, you know, I'm sure she can't talk too much about them because you know lawsuits mm-hmm. will follow. But I learned <laughs> a lot about her, and I learned a lot about the porn industry stuff. I, you know, she uh-huh. was very open uh-huh. to so, talk about being naked. Yeah. Very open about talking. She was the biggest surprise to me. I thought like, <clears> I don't know <throat> if I'm gonna get along with Stormy. I really. Interesting. Really enjoyed her honesty. And, and she did talk a little bit about.
2: Over- well, I love authenticity. If you leave with that, you're going to, you're going to like that Absolutely. always wins. Always wins. Absolutely. Okay. And who and else? Of,
3: uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I'll save. I'll save. Okay. So, uh, CJ. Well, I'm going to save. I won't say the best for last, but there was another one that was like, oh, okay. Uh, CJ Perry, who's a WWE fighter or was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manny MUA, who's this incredible YouTube uh, makeup artist, you know, Instagram. Like, he's a big star mm-hmm. for his makeup, and he's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankie Muniz. Mu- I say it that way. Muniz. Muniz. Mm-hmm. I know I don't who know. that kid is. From, kid from the Malcolm in the Middle who became – I just fell in love with him. Like mm-hmm. he's a small man, but he's ten feet tall in his integrity mm-hmm. and his character. That's all I'll say. And uh, who am I leaving out? In August Alsina. You know, I'll say this: when I first got into the house, I wasn't—I sh- didn't know who he was, and and oh. they took away our devices, so I couldn't Google him. <laughs> so, Go Man, he came to me and says, Kim, you know who that is? I know we've been trying to figure out who that is. And I knew he was interesting. He was really fly. He's kind of cute. I knew he was an R.B. singer, but I didn't know. I wasn't sure because I don't – I try not to get into all the all the gossipy, all the things. Sure. And he put me in the bathroom and says, you know who that is? And so then I spent the next two weeks trying not to say the word entanglement. <laughs> sorry which is not a word that anybody
2: ever uses anyway like when, when's the last time you've used that word i so used it the like, day to describe a relationship but yeah yeah no okay, one uses but, it ever ever but for two and a
3: half weeks to not use that word because that's <laughs> that's all i wanted to say so he's also very interesting uh and you know because i don't know how the show is gonna edit together i can't tell you anything but i'll just say um i found it to be really interesting really um cool and also somebody who's, um, uh, comfortable in his skin, comfortable in his way of being. Mm-hmm. So that's,
2: that's it. That's an, uh, that an eclectic group. That oh, that's
3: it. It was quite, <laughs> and you know, you know, you go to, into the house thinking I'm going to get my own bedroom and uh, things happen. <laughs> <laughs> and personalities and you know like i said that i don't know how they're going to edit the show so i can't tell you anything there's a thousand things
2: i want to tell you uh but um well we're going to watch it's happening any minute now you said right
3: any minute now like i'm waiting for the show uh you know uh, for for our release date <laughs> i will say this i may or may not have seen dennis rodman naked ooh and it's uh it's, it's, it's something I can't unsee. That's all
2: i In a good way or a bad way?
3: In a good, in a good, bad way. It's, it's not something I was going there to, to witness. Uh, but if he walks through your room in the middle of the night with two hands, by the way, two hands, uh, that's an indication as to <laughs> what's it, two hands. It required two hands. He was a, he's a gentleman about it. And he just he went and used the bathroom. And later on, it was like four o'clock in the morning and I just pretended like I was asleep. I, was like, I don't know what's happening. You know I was what like, this, are we in Our bedroom. he says, Yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. I, I thought I was in my old house. So he just wandered in, used the restroom, and left with two hands.
2: That's all I'll say. My mouth is open and I I don't know how I feel about that information. I <laughs> I I I I, I, I don't know. I <laughs> To <laughs> my oh, it was not intentional
3: and it, nor was it intentional for him. I don't think it was I'm gonna show
2: everybody well, my stuff. Me, and let me call Carmen Electra, see what she gotta say <laughs> about all of this information you have delivered yeah. here. Speaking of naked, on naked. Two breaking hands. news. Two, hands. Two well, hands. Okay, then congratulations, Dennis. <laughs> So we can get you on the show. He's a very tall man. Would you expect anything? <laughs> um, Kim Coles, thank you so much for joining us here on Naked. You have been nothing but a delight. I cannot wait to have this air. Um, the story about you and your boo is amazing. I'm sending you nothing but love and light. You don't need it, but you're getting it oh, from me thank anyway.
3: Thank you. I wish you all the best. You have a melodic, beautiful voice, mm-hmm. a melodic, beautiful face, and there's so much coming for you I just feel it I just feel it you're you're so yummy and so much is coming and we need to stay connected
2: when you come out when we come outside maybe we can meet for an adult beverage I don't know if you you seem like the kind of somebody who doesn't drink you seem wholesome
3: as long as it's not crown royal I don't drink much (laughs) Uh, and (laughs) when I do drink it's not crown
2: royal thank you Okay, okay, but you could be it could be a sip of crown royal in your punch there that you have as long as I'm not okay that's fine (laughs) So we have had um, on the show... Kim, thank you, by the way. You should always say thank you. Uh, We have had on this show so many people who come to play. And what I mean by that is that they come on the show and they share. And that is incredibly hard to do. It's incredibly hard to be vulnerable. It's incredibly hard to share with a stranger. Because sometimes I don't know these people. In fact, it's easier when I don't know you to ask questions. Um, And when I talked to Kim and she... It's so light and easy, especially during this time. And by this time, I mean, I feel as if everyone is dealing. I just feel as if emotions are heavy, and we are feeling at such an all-time high. All everybody there, if it's in a death in a family, um, which recently I experienced, there is always um, something around the corner or in the midst of. As I talk to my close friends, and Kim was just light, and I needed it. And 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 more importantly, did you hear? She found her man during COVID. Her man, she found her man during COVID. Ladies, believe, believe it can happen. Thank you, Father. So again, I'm just grateful that she decided to come and bless us on the show and have some fun. Uh, I, I needed that moment to enjoy people, to laugh with people. And more importantly, just to hear about their, their walk, if you will. Next week. I can't even tell y'all. I can't even tell y'all who going to be here next week. You know why? Because y'all don't deserve it just yet. Unless you go ahead and leave the best reviews ever. Thank you. Say this is the best podcast. You love it. Review, 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 review. I can speak. Subscribe, download. Help us just to get paid. You guys have a great, great day. Whatever day of the week it is you're listening. I appreciate you all for getting naked. Bye-bye.
0: Terms and conditions apply.
1: Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women. And this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamor, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.